It's the North Shore Drive podcast. The Pittsburgh Steelers were able to get a win Sunday night. We talk about on Monday with Joe Starkey about is are we seeing actual progress from Kenny Pickett and Matt Canada? Or was that just a bad defense? We'll also talk about Joey Porter Jr., Levi Wallace, Patrick Peterson, what needs to happen at cornerback, and what do the standings say about where the Steelers are headed right now as they sit 2-1 and one after three games and tie to top the AFC North in the lead? Like I said, we got Joe Starkey here from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Card. It's going to be a fun episode. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive Podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter. As always, you can find this show every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed. Subscribe to this channel for all of your daily content that not just comes from this show, but all the shows that we have here on the Pits- from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Remind you, this show is sponsored by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. Head down to Mike's Beer Bar today across the street from PNC Park on Federal Street. You can see any game you want in any sport on one of the 20 TVs that they have available. And you can even reserve tables to get your favorite game on your fa- on a TV with your crew, whether it's college football, NFL, NBA, NHL, Premier League, whatever you like, they'll be able to find. And trust me, they've found a lot of crazy games out there to watch. They also have the best beer selection in town, 500 beers, 300 of those being local, 80 of those local beers being available on tap that you can create a flight of your choice completely. It is the best bar experience in Pittsburgh. More on Mike's Beer Bar later. As I said before, we're joined by Joe Starkey. Joe, it's great to have you back on the show. I think the last time we had you on, it was like draft season. And, you know, there was a lot of wonder. What would the Steelers offense look like after Kenny Pickett's strong finish to the season, just having some game-winning drives? It wasn't a great start, but I think we can objectively say that at least the third game, they have made progress little by little each game. How did you feel about this offense? Let's start with Kenny Pickett, how he looked in this win over the Raiders. Really good. You know, that looked like the Kenny Pickett that I recognized. It, mm-hmm. it even looked like the Kenny Pickett that I first saw in that Miami game all those years ago. He had the feistiness <laughs> back, a little bit of swagger, willing to use his legs, willing to stay in the pocket and take some hellacious hits to make plays, a little bit of flair to his game. I loved how he worked within the design of the offense. Think of the uh, touchdown pass to Fryermuth. Um play action, Mm -hmm. rolls the opposite way, throws across his body, jumps a little bit on the throw, a little bit cocky, good cocky. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. Kenny Pickett. And I credit Matt Canada, which is unusual. I was like, whoa, whoa, that's dangerous things to do at Pittsburgh. (laughs) With the design of that offense last night, I think it brought out the best in Kenny. That was a giant leap forward, I thought. I thought so too, Joe. And I know like it's still not a 30-point game. They still didn't get 400 yards because they haven't gotten 400 yards since Matt Canada took over and all that. But you saw confidence from him. When he uncorked that deep ball to Calvin Austin and hit that 72-yarder, that to me, I was like, that's the Kenny Pickett they need. They don't necessarily need him to be Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes is doing crazy things that very few people can do. But if Kenny Pickett can see the field, like on that play, the safety in the middle part of the field went away to he tried to double George Pickens. Immediately, Kenny Pickett said, oh, you want to leave my guy open over here fires a pass confident was in stride and a big play and it was a sign to the nfl hey that's back-to-back weeks with 70 plus yard touchdowns from this offense it can be a sign that hey the steelers 
can hit the home run ball again, something we haven't seen for a couple years in the city. And if somebody wanted to defend Matt Canada a little bit further, they could say that that hasn't been part of the offense, uh, going back to Ben, that defenses didn't respect that the Steelers yeah. could beat them over the top. And mm-hmm. therefore, obviously, some of the stuff isn't that complicated, right? right? Obviously, then you say we're going to move a bunch of guys in the box. Try to beat us then. Go ahead. Beat us over the top. Mm-hmm. Once you start doing that, they got to move somebody back there a little bit. Right. And then you get a little bit of a run game going. That wasn't dominant last night, but they stuck to it. And then you have a play action game. So never underestimate the ability to strike deep what that does to an offense and then how it it can impact what that does to a defense, I should say, Mm -hmm. and then how it can impact how you run your offense. That play last night to Calvin Austin after two dreadful three and outs Mm -hmm. changed the energy and the strategy and the tenor of that entire game and maybe the entire season. I, I agree with that with that statement, Joe, because after that, it, that, that started a stretch where with that touchdown drive, if you exclude the one drive at the end of the first half where they were clearly just taking it into the half ha- halftime, four out of their ne- uh, out of their five drives ended with points. Or no, excuse me, five out of their six drives. No, four out of the four, five drives. I was right the first time. Four of their five drives ended with points. That hasn't happened too often for the Steelers. Started with a touchdown. They did punt the ball, but, but at least they got a first down right after that. Then back-to-back field goals, a field goal to start the third quarter, and then the best drive of the game, six plays, 81 yards. That, to me, that six-play, 81-yard drive in the, thir- in, the, in, in the third quarter, Joe, that was the sign of what the Steelers' offense could be when it's humming. They ran the ball. They threw the ball. Quick pat, quick passes, play-action passes. It created opportunities, and it forced a defense to have to honor so many different things that they couldn't just sit on one thing. And if the Steelers can encapsulate that and, and build off of that moving forward, that's going to give them, them so much more to work with and actually build an offense that can be more successful throughout games. Yeah, and, and in all of that, the, the nugget there, two things is, again, what it, one deep strike will do and how it was so remarkable that they never had one last season, at least not yeah. for a score. I mean, it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And the, the end of Ben, whether it was more Ben, can it, whatever, it wasn't happening. You can't run an offense that way. And then the other nugget is a dedication to the ground game, even when it's not blowing holes wide open, just staying dedicated, staying with it because play action. Listen, if Kenny Pickett is going to succeed here, play action is going to be a huge part of it. And you saw it last night, man, those plays look all of a sudden like a disorganized borderline laughable offense. Suddenly, Mm -hmm. wow, that's a really well-designed offense. Wow, Jay Gruden from afar is complimenting this (laughs) offense. It looks great. And those plays, I mentioned Fryermuth, the last play of the game, or at least the last meaningful play, Mm -hmm. the first down to Austin was basically the same play. Just Mm -hmm. a beautiful, beautiful design and execution, all born of play action, which is born from a run game, which is born from hitting a deep strike. It all goes together. 
you, I think you described it perfectly. Teams have been playing the run, daring Kenny Pickett to hurt them over the top. When he does that, they have to back it up, which means you can run the ball. And once you can run the ball, the play action has an effect because now they're saying, oh, man, we got to play up. And you look at that, that Pat Frymuth play where they scored a touchdown. As soon as Kenny Pickett turned his hips on the on the bootleg, there was nobody in front of Frymuth, and Kenny Pickett saw him immediately. Joe, my last, th- my last thing, question about the offense here. Has Matt is Matt Canada if he continues this like if he can build upon this would this be enough if we as this offense does take steps forward and let's say they get to the middle part of the league could he put himself in a position where by the end of the season the Steelers have justifications to keep him or in your eyes this year's more so about hey get through the season let Kenny Pickett get a feel for the NFL and then still go find your guru next year man. That's the million-dollar question is what is the threshold here for Art Rooney II? Yeah. Mike Tomlin, sure, but we've seen Art step in on the offensive coordinator before. What does Matt Canada need to do to stick around? And while that was clearly a nice step forward, it's only fair and right to mention that it was the Raiders and that Absolutely. it was still hardly an offensive explosion. 24 will beat the Raiders. Yeah. Not going to beat some of the high-powered teams in the league. Baby right. steps here. I get it. But it would be it would be hard for me to believe that if the Steelers make the playoffs and have a, like you said, mid-tier offense, that they would get rid of Canada. Uh, that's you know? where I wonder is, uh, like you said, how high they get. They, if they're in the middle part of the, the, the league, it's like that progress do they want to keep building on that or they that, that that's that's a really interesting question i think that's Joe. that's kind of the that's kind of the questionable ground like if mm-hmm. i was at canada i i wouldn't want to be on that ground barely no. making the playoffs missing you know maybe losing in the in the first round again mm-hmm. and having an offense that's middle of the pack i would want to be safely top 10 to ensure my job i'd want to win a playoff game Mm-hmm. In lieu of that, I'd take a playoff win where the offense plays well. That Then it would be really hard to move on. But, man, there's a lot of ball that's going to determine that between now and, uh, you know, January. Absolutely. The Texans up next on the road before they come back home and play the Ravens. But I want to talk to Joe about the secondary because even though the secondary made plays, there's still a lot of people clamoring for where's Joey Porter Jr. We'll talk about that on the other side of this break here, the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. But first, I want to remind you, this show is sponsored by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. Go right to the North Shore. If you're there for a Steelers game, a Pirates game, a Pitt game, whatever, you can go to Mike's Beer Bar and get the best bar experience in all of Pittsburgh. You get Mike's Beer Bar, over 20 televisions that you can that you can reserve whatever TV you, you, you want to get whatever game you want on whatever sports you want. And trust me, they put on the West Virginia Duquesne game there so they can find whatever game that you're looking for at Mike's Beer Bar. And again, they have over 500 different available beers, 300 of those beers being local beers, and 80 of those local beers being available on tap so you can create whatever flight combination you want. And every Friday, we show you different flight combinations to show you just how creative and how different their beer experiences can be across the board. And you'll never run, a, run out of options because they're always making bringing in new ones. And you can try their great food. Their steak on a stone is an amazing meal. You get the steak of your 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 choice cut brought brought to you on a heated stone as you cut off each piece, press it into the stone, and you choose how well you want each piece cut of your steak. It's the best bar in Pittsburgh. Go to Mike's Beer Bar today and get your best sports experience and best bar experience in the city of Pittsburgh. And when you do get there, tell them Chris sent you. 
We're back here in the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Chris Carter, Joe Starkey coming at you, talking some Steelers talk here. Joe, let's get into the secondary. Now, Devontae Adams, straight eight. He had 172 yards, two touchdowns. He was a problem. But the Steelers, those two touchdowns, the only touchdowns they gave him the night, the Steelers' defense gets three interceptions added added to their total, two from Levi Wallace, one from Patrick Peterson, the cornerback showing up and getting interceptions on this play. I will also say Levi Wallace had an important fourth down breakup um, on the, uh, the over, over the middle that led to a turnover on down. So kind of, you know, they, they add that you could say a technically a fourth turnover added there with that stop. But have you seen enough from Levi Wallace and Patrick Peterson that Joey Porter Jr. should be getting his shot. To go over, he had seven snaps in the first game against the Niners, 14 snaps in his second game against the Browns, but he had 27 defensive snaps in this last game against the Raiders. And during that time, he's, he's been targeted five times, only allowed one catch that went 12 yards, and he has a pass breakup on him, and he also was in good coverage on a fourth down stop that ended the game against the Browns. When do you think is the time that you want to see Joey Porter Jr. get a real, a much bigger role in this defense? The 49ers game? <laughs> so, so two weeks ago. <laughs> I mean, I like Levi Wallace, but not necessarily in a chase the other team's best guy role. Yeah. And Patrick Peterson, I don't know that he's that guy. Any, well, he's not that guy anymore. He's not that guy. No. I like him more as a, you know, we'll deploy him in a variety of, of places. Now, there's nothing wrong with bringing along a guy slowly. Maybe in his case, it'll be helpful. But if you're asking me, you know, I remember our very own Jerry Dulac. Uh, mm-hmm. It was his uh, educated opinion that the Steelers were going to draft Christian Gonzalez with the 14th pick. He said they might even they they might even trade up to get him from there. He goes to the Patriots at. 17 the Steelers Mm -hmm. take Roderick Jones at 14 a lot's going to play out here in the future we may be looking at multiple pro bowls or or all pros Mm -hmm. for Roderick Jones and Joey Porter but if you're asking me right now would I like if they had drafted Christian Gonzalez I would say yes because my number one priority from the draft was to get a corner that I could plug and play against top receivers. Yeah. And that dude, from when I saw him running around with Tyree Kill the other night, looks like that guy. Yeah. Maybe maybe time will tell us differently, but I wish they had taken him. I'll just tell you that flat out. I wish they had taken him, and he was in the Steelers' secondary right now. Having said that, mm-hmm. they have Porter. They're bringing him along, and he's done nothing wrong so far, and maybe they're doing it all right. I want to see him play more. I want to find out about him. Maybe he's capable of doing what Gonzalez has been doing. Maybe. But we're not finding out yet. Great that Levi Wallace played a pretty good game last night. I mean, Devontae Adams made a lot of plays. He makes a lot of plays against everyone. Mm -hmm. Wallace redeemed himself with a couple picks. uh, Four pass breakups, I think you said. Uh, He's also had a little bit of a rough go of it at times over these first three games. Mm -hmm. So, man, I want to see Porter more. I don't really care what that entails. I want to see Porter more. No, I feel you on that. He had Christian Gonzalez had an interception in that game. And, and it's funny that the Patriots lost that game 24 to 17. But man, when you see the Dolphins putting up 70 points this week, you're, and that was with Patrick Sertan, who is one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL yeah. in the Broncos secondary. 
it makes you say, okay, so what Christian Gonzalez was doing was pretty good that week. So you may have a very good point. And Christian Gonzalez, I thought he looked great at the combine. He looked like a guy that that, that deserves to be a, a first. A first. Did you agree player. with Jerry at the time? Like if I had asked you on draft day who you think they I wanted, was, would you have said him? I still, I was, I was a Broderick Jones guy. Just the you stuff that I was seeing, or you wanted. Yeah, I thought too? they would. I, I thought they would trade up and get Broderick Jones because I thought that they saw him as the future left tackle to protect Kenny Pickett, who they thought was their franchise quarterback. But yeah. I also, I, I, but I also felt like they did that because the other guys after Broderick Jones that were that were going to be left weren't going to be as good as the corners that might be left at the start of the second round, like where they were able to get Joey Porter Jr. Even though we weren't sure that we, that they the Joey Porter Jr. himself would be there, but there were other yeah. corners I felt would be of his caliber that would be worth a shot. But to your point, Joey Porter Jr. was drafted to change this this defense for the for the long haul. This is a defense that they're going to have to go up against Jamar Chase for the next decade with Joe with Joe Burrow. They need Joey Porter Jr. to become that CB1 of the future. They don't need it like this second, but they need to see it sooner rather than later. And maybe they wanted this defense to get its footing before they did. And they're going up against a rookie quarterback this next week in CJ Stroud. But man, I get I get being patient. I get having deference for the veterans. But Joey Porter Jr., I, I'm tired of hearing about how he didn't play in the early part of the preseason because he dealt with an injury. I think that he has earned his stripes. I think that he's looked good in the limited roles that you've assigned him. Let him run. Let him get some opportunities. And I think that if he makes mistakes, great. You're learning from those mistakes. But Levi Wallace. He did a great he had a great bounce back performance in the last three quarters of this last game because in the, he got cooked on that first touchdown and I was like oh oh here we go again but he bounced back and he had a hard fought win but you know who Levi Wallace is did you think he got cooked on the first touchdown or did you think he was expecting help in the middle so I think he was expecting some help but still on that play I was sitting right with Doran Dickerson we were watching in the Channel Eleven studios and the start of the play. He's looking in the backfield when you're the corner and your job, your job is to have your eyes on your receiver, maintain that leverage and don't give it up to the middle part of the play. Yes. Mickey Fitzpatrick came down on that play and was helping against there. And Patrick Peterson kind of recognized it a little late and didn't get back as, as deep as he should have. But Levi Wallace still could have been in a better position if he starts that play a lot sharper. And I thought that that was the problem. The second touchdown he gave up, I was like, Hey, that's just Devontae Adams being on mate. Like, yeah. What? You know, like that was like that's a play that you would need in a like a Jalen Ramsey to to stop, and even he wouldn't stop those on most plays. But right. I, again, I think it's important for Levi that he bounced back. But it'd be interesting to see how Joey Porter Jr. would handle those situations and how he would grow from those mistakes because corners are going to get beat. But you want to see how Joey Porter one wins his his plays, but also how he bounces back when he does make mistakes. Agreed. You know, and I know a lot of people point to the Palomalo example mm. of, and it's a good one, you know, how, but what they forget with the Palomalo example is he was playing, learning from his own mistakes that year. He, was. he mm-hmm. would tell you how bad he was that year, but he was learning and he was still playing for a pretty good defense. I don't think they made the playoffs that year. They did not. Um, but you draft a guy that highly for him to learn from his own mistakes. I'm ready for a little bit of, Broderick Jones mixed in too. I think Dan Moore has been an extremely mixed bag. And I think, I think they've been playing around him a little Mm -hmm. bit, if you know what I mean. No, Uh, I know exactly what you mean. Trying to minimize the damage that could be done if they weren't playing around him. He's done okay. Yeah. But you know, I'm ready to see these guys. If you had asked me at the night of the draft, I thought drafting uh, as high as they did with two picks, 
Mm-hmm. I wanted guys who were ready and and plug in and let's go, you know? It's crazy to think, but the two guys after them, Keanu Benton and Darnell Washington, they've played significantly yeah. more snaps. Man, Benton looks like a ball player, doesn't he? Oh, man, that swim move that he put on to get the sack, I was like, I I wasn't even sure he had that much because I, I loved him as a run stuffer. I just saw him as that mean, nasty guy in the middle of the defense. You're not going to move me. I'm going to move you type of guy. But that was some suave, like an extra really clean move on top of a strong finish. If he can do, if he can be a pass rusher and a solid run stuffer, the Steelers might have found their defensive line of the future with him and DeMarvin Leal, who I also think is playing well in his early part of his career and might not need to go and reinvest a a really high first round pick to rebuild that defensive line for whenever Cam Hayward does decide to retire from his career. So the young guys, I think the guys that have played have done just fine. Darnell Washington not getting targeted, but he's blocking well. And I think that that's what they wanted from him. Keanu Benton playing well up front. Um, but I, I think the big thing that we both want to see is when is it going to be time for Broderick Jones? And I will say the Steelers offense, offensive tackles are both struggling. Chikuma Korfor also not looking too great on the right side. And on top of that, the cornerback situation, they had three picks last night. So I feel like that buys them some time and some, some, some something to say there. But Joey Porter Jr., you drafted him to see him, and you got to see him soon. We'll see when that happens. I want to get Joe's thoughts here on the Steelers' position right now because they're 2-1 and one and heading into week four. They're going to be atop the AFC North. Yes, tied with three other teams, but with the tiebreaker because they beat the Browns, they're technically in first place. And I know that sounds stupid to talk about after three games, but where this team has been recently, them being not not stumbling out of the gates could be a huge factor if this team does decide to turn it on the way they did last season. We'll get that here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Chris Carter and Joe Starkey talking with you here on All Things Steelers. But first, I want to remind you guys, this show is also sponsored by Savinas, Kane, and Gallucci. They're mesothelioma and asbestos lawyers with over 85 years of experience. Call them now for a free consultation. That's Savinas, Kane, and Gallucci. Also, we're brought to you by GameTime.co. We're buying tickets to your favorite events. Shouldn't be stressful. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. If you ever had to buy tickets for an event, but you weren't comfortable with how much you were going to pay because you weren't sure how good the seats actually were going to be. That kind of stuff happens to me whenever, especially when I'm trying to buy tickets at the last minute for an event I wasn't sure I was going to be able to make. But when I use Game Time, it's never an issue. And why? The Game Time app, which you can download right to your phone, allows you to book tickets even up to the last minute if you didn't plan out far in advance. The app lets you see the view from your seat and shows you all the prices so that there aren't any hidden fees. You're not getting surprised by how much more expensive the ticket is than it looked when you first tried to buy it and it lets you buy your tickets with just two taps of a button if you're ever running behind on an event game time will even give you great deals up to an hour after an event has started get tickets for the next Steelers game Pirates the Pirates last games of the season your pit games Penguins games and even shows across town like at the Pittsburgh Improv for the next big comedy show and game time has the best price guarantee that can't be beat if you find tickets from the same section row for less from somewhere else game time will credit you 110% of the difference snag the tickets without stress with game time download the game time app and create an account and use code P-I-T-T-PIT for $20 off your first purchase or go to their website, GameTime.co. Terms and conditions apply. Create an account and redeem code P-I-T-T-PIT for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. We're back here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Chris Carter, Joe Starkey, talking all things Steelers here. Joe, let's 
take a step back here. We, we, we've talked specifically about the Steelers and how they looked Monday night and what we think about the future. But let's let's talk about how they, they've actually started. They're two and one now. They've eked out two tough wins against AFC opponents after getting slaughtered by an NFC opponent. And I said this after that loss to the Niners. I'm like, if you were going to get crushed at an early part of the season, that's the game you want to get crushed in because now your loss compared to the other losses like the Ravens who lost to the Browns or the Browns who lost to the Steelers, it's not interdivisional. Or no, the Ravens didn't lose to the Browns. Excuse me, they lost to the Colts just this past weekend. But the Ravens play the Browns this upcoming week, and that's going to be a very interesting matchup. But those are two conference losses, and for the Browns, it was a division loss. And now it gives you the chance to start right with those guys. Last year, when the Steelers turned it on in the second half, Joe, you saw the offense starting to figure some things out, the defense starting to figure things out once T.J. Watt came back. They were pushing, but it was just too little too late to get it, to get into the playoffs. They missed it by just a game when, when you saw that. But this year, if they can hover around, like even within a game or two of the top teams in their division, and they catch that, that, that lightning in the second half of the season, they'll be in such a better position to make a real playoff push. Exactly. And I think that every team in the AFC North has problems. That That's the thing here is yep. that. Clearly, Cincy and Joe Burrow, there are major questions about his health right now and Absolutely. maybe moving forward. We we heard that that was an injury that that tends to linger. We knew that from guys like Mike Trout in other sports mm-hmm. and uh, Aaron Rodgers had a problem with that. So we knew that that could linger and that appears to be the case. The Ravens, what, have seven starters missing? The Browns? might look the best in the division right now, even That's though they the lost part, right? last week. But I don't trust them. Nobody does. So that's going to allow the Bengals to stick around, by the way, in a year where they might struggle a lot early. But it's also going to allow the Steelers to stick around. And you look at this schedule, and if the Rave, if the if the Bengals are not an elite team this year because of Burroughs' uh, problems, Find me an elite team they play mm. after the Niners. They already played them. Who? Jacksonville doesn't look that way this year so I far. Not. Nope. Baltimore's not going to be. Who's the elite team on their schedule the whole rest of the way? I, I don't mean, I'm, I'm right with you. You know, I, I wonder what teams could grow into bigger threats by the time they play them. The Green Bay Packers, Jordan Love looks good. Yeah. They're not they're not a complete team yet, but like they played a Saints team that was a really good defense and they were missing several key starters and Jordan Love brought them back down from 17 nothing to win. I don't yeah. know if the Packers are going to be good, but I'm impressed by what I see from him. Oh, me too. He's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I I guess I'm referring to what we've seen when they played the uh Eagles and oh, the Bills last year not, or, or, or the, the Chiefs Niners. 2 years ago. For the Chiefs, right? Other than the Bengals, who they've hung with and beaten, yeah, I mean it's a little different in your division because you know those teams so well, right? Um, I, I'm not sure there's an elite team left, like a measuring stick game. All these games are very winnable for them, which is a long way of saying I think they're definitely going to hang around for a while. I really do, and and they deserve credit for finding a way to win these last two games. I don't mm-hmm. know, man. So, is it as simple as this? When T.J. Watt plays, they almost <laughs> always win, and when he doesn't, they almost always lose. I, could it be that simple? I mean, Joe, I, I put this stat out there at the start of the season. It might be a little bit higher now because of the last couple of games, but 
in the going into this season, the Steelers won 69% of the time when TJ Watt played. That dropped to 9% of the time oh, when man. he didn't play. Like yeah. that's how huge difference is. And I, I put this in the, the, the Miles Garrett argument. I looked at how many t- they, they went about like what 40, I think it was 41% of the time when Miles Garrett played versus like 28% when he doesn't play. Like that's a drop, but that's not a 60% drop in, in your winning percentage. Right. When one player doesn't play. And certainly you could say circumstances and all this other stuff that plays into it. Like last year with a rookie quarterback and all the things that were going wrong. Sure, that's going to add to it. But the bottom line is when TJ Watt has, is in, this team can compete. And they 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 hang in there. Heck, against the Chiefs in the playoff game, they were hanging in there until eventually the Chiefs did turn it on. But it was like mid-second quarter, and the Steelers had a lead. Why? The defense shut them out for a quarter and a half and actually scored points. If the offense did anything, the Steelers would have had a double-digit lead in the first half. And who knows how that game goes. But I'm right with you. The Steelers, we saw last year, missing two months of T.J. Watt and having a rookie quarterback, an offensive line that stunk for the first half of the season, molded into a decently acceptable group in the second half of the season. With all those things working against them, they still finished 9-8. and eight. And they yeah. had teams like the Eagles, like the Bills, and the Bengals who were really good last year. I mean, we don't know what they're going to be this year because, of you said, the Joe Burrow situation. But, man... If they are able to keep building this year and be better than they were last year, it's hard for me to say. And this is why I said before the season started, I think they're going to get double-digit wins. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't know what they're going to do in the playoffs. But I think that with as long as they stay healthy, you know, losing Cam Hayward was a, was a big blow, but they have seemed to manage it the, the last two games. But if they keep doing what they're doing, they keep growing, they'll be right in a position for a, a solid playoff spot and maybe even to win a division, which – I don't think anybody had them on track to do before the season. Yeah, and it'd sure be nice if they can hang in there long enough uh, to get Cam back. Mm. And then you figure Deontay will be back, what, three, four weeks maybe? That'll be a nice boost to the offense as well. Yeah, they're going to, they always hang around, but I think this year they, they still potentially could do a little more than that. And frankly, I think the schedule and the Bengals and Ravens issues are going to have a lot to do with that. Absolutely. We'll see how that plays out as it moves along. The, the the Bengals play the Rams on Monday night football. We'll see how that plays out. And that could that, that could determine a lot of things too. If they fall to 0-3, what does that mean for the for the Bengals? And what is Joe Burrow's health situation? We'll keep you abreast of that here in the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post because that thank you, Joe, for joining the show. And thank you all for tuning into the show here in the North Shore Drive podcast. Remember, we're every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, as well as bonus episodes. We'll have weekend weekend thing or week things episodes throughout the week from all of our different creators. We'll be back Wednesday with, with, with more Steelers talk right here on the North Shore Drive podcast. We'll see you then. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For three months of digital access to post-gazette.com at 99 cents, click the link below in the description.